Good morning and welcome to welcome back to our live stream at Newbury Church and I'm just grateful to be with you with my family this morning um, the family of God the people of God it is just so edifying just to be here on Sunday singing songs worshiping the one true and living God and I hope that that's not lost on us that even in the midst of uh, the search for justice, for, for, for image bearers, and even just pain and, and brokenness that we just see. Um, you know, I know there's some economic relief that's coming in our country soon um, as Congress is working on some things, but I'm here to tell you that that economic relief pales in comparison the day we see Jesus come back in the sky. It pales so much. Our hope is living. We got to live in hope. And these tears that you see, they're not sad. (laughs) They're hopeful. They're hopeful. They're they're so hopeful because my life right now is a testimony of (laughs) he's perfected in my weakness. His strength is made perfect in my weakness. And I'm so grateful for that. I'm so grateful that the Spirit testifies to his truth in me. And I hope that you listening, you watching my, my brothers and sisters, my family, my children, my brother, you know, like, man, the spirit testifies the truth, y'all. And our hope is living in Christ Jesus, and he's coming back. And as we endeavor further into the book of First John this morning, as what it means to be a Christian, or as we examine the true Christian life, let's do it with great enthusiasm this morning. As we examine the Christian life, if you would Please stand and turn to 1 John chapter 4 with me. 1 John chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. I'm just reading straight from my Bible this morning. 1 John 4, 1 through 6. And I'll be reading from the ESV. But I encourage you to read from the, the version that you are most faithful to. Beloved, do not believe every spirit... But test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and now is in the world already. Little children, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are from the world. Therefore, they speak from the world. From the world, And the world listens to them, those false prophets. We are from God, the believer, the Christian. Whoever knows, listen, whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this, we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Father, as you, is, oh, as you have set this world in, in place with your word and your spirit, Father, you did it in all power. And Father, you were kind enough to send us Jesus, even in our wretchedness, as our throats were open graves, as we couldn't produce a single shred of righteousness on our own. But it is through the person and work of Jesus and our confession that Jesus is Lord that we know you and we are delighted to be called children of God and we can call you Abba Father based on the personal work of Jesus Christ. 
And you don't leave us as orphans, but you leave us as hope bearers, as hope dealers. And we hope in the person and work of Jesus Christ. And Father, we know that we will be confronted in this world with false teachings and false doctrine. And and some of us may even struggle to discern what is true and what is not. But we know that your spirit doesn't struggle discerning truth. Because your spirit is truth, Father. And so we just ask that you just marinate us like a good piece of chicken on Saturday night for Sunday morning. (laughs) That you would just soak us in truth. That we'd be tender for the world. But even furthermore, that we would go out confidently and boldly proclaiming the truth of the gospel. And we would be able to discern truth and lies this morning. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'd like to title this text, Truth and Lies. It's quite obvious from the text. Maybe why, I hope. Truth and Lies. And the big idea is that the Spirit of God helps us discern truth and falsehood. The Spirit of God helps us discern truth and falsehood. And I'm sorry, I might cry the whole time this morning. (laughs) I don't know if that's a first at Newbreed, but man, I love y'all so much. The Spirit of God helps us discern truth and falsehoods. As we pick up in, in in 1 John 4, John is now emphasizing that we test the spirits. That we test the spirits. And if, you, and if you think about our series thus far, uh, we started with we, we know truth. We can know truth in those opening chapters. And then as we moved on to chapter 3, we, we kind of made the distinction of the, the family of God and, and, and the family of this, the children of God and the children of this world. And as Pastor Michael preached last week, you know, um, just some of those marks of, of being children of, of, of God, of love. They're proclaiming Jesus. And I'm so grateful to be a part of this series because this morning we're going to delve into a couple things. And the first one is we discern false teaching and false prophets as believers, as true Christians. That's my first point this morning. As, as, as Christians, we are to discern false teaching and false prophets. Verse 1. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, for many false prophets have gone out into the world. There's a lot of truth that is being proclaimed in these days. The truth of social justice, the truth of marriage, the truth of family, the truth of God even, right? Like, how can we know God? How can, how can one know God? Is he even able to be known? And I'm going to say, yes, he is. Yes, he is. The word spirits in the opening verse refers to men who speak falsely, claiming that they have heard from God and falsely claim that they are being guided by the spirit. But yet they speak lies. They spread falsehood. They mislead and they spread falsehood intentionally even. And yes, they claim to be of God and from the church. That's going to be something that we're going to encounter, maybe. Not not maybe, that's going to be something that we encounter as a band of believers, as Newbury Church, as, as brothers and sisters in the United States and across the world. Like, we have to be able to discern truth. And you may be sitting here thinking, hey, I'm not a scholar. I don't have the Greek. I don't have the Hebrew. If you're a believer in Christ, you have the Spirit. And his spirit testifies to truth. 
There are going to be people who speak lies, who speak falsehood. And it's even going to be to the point of like, it's going to be 99 yards right down the middle. Like, it's going to be like, wow, that makes sense. And there's, there's certain things that, you know what? No, that's false. Someone once told me when I was a young believer, I remember I was, I think, 16 years old. And I went to a friend's house. And, and they were like, you know, Jesus didn't become the son of God until he was baptized. Look at the text. I'm like, no, that's false. False. We got to guard our hearts, y'all, from false teaching. People will try to deceive us intentionally even. But it is the word of God that we stand on, on this day. So we allow the, the Christian allows the Holy Spirit to discern truth and lies for us. This is important because there, in, in the context of who John is writing to, if you remember, some of these people don't believe that Jesus is even in the that Jesus even came in the flesh. They don't believe that Jesus is God. They don't believe that Jesus is 100% man and 100% God. They don't believe that Jesus is the incarnate God. Somehow they got it twisted that the things um, outside, like, like the physical world, is evil. And so how can Jesus be God if God is not evil and he's, he's got a flesh? No, lies, falsehoods, and they're spreading this stuff. And that applies to us now even. False teachers, false prophets, characteristics like downplaying sin. Oh, you know what? It is what it is. Truth is relative. It doesn't really matter. That was for back then. This is for now. No, if we come across people who downplay sin, that's false. Sin deserves one thing, death. <laughs> Romans 3. So if we come across people who downplay sin, we know that that is false. They downplay sin. And in 1 John 3, as I preached before, if we claim we have no sin, then the truth of God is not in us. That's one way. They dehumanize other people. Pastor Michael, man, I love his, his point on Cain and Abel and, and Cain's jealousy of Abel, maybe. And even just, he wasn't righteous. And he found it in his own heart to take his brother's life. Hate. Hate. Hate ain't from God. That's false doctrine. That's false prophecy. If, if, we, if we are, in the name of American Christianity, going out and hurting other people because they don't look like us, that's hate. That's a false doctrine. That's not of Jesus. Look at Acts 1 and 2. And then ultimately, if they did not Christ altogether, Right? Like, he ain't real. Someone pointed, I, I had one of those shirts where um, they had Jesus on it in many colors, and I was excited to be a Christian one, you know, as, as a young man, and, and somebody pointed to my shirt and said, no hope. I was like, you have no hope on the inside. <laughs> I didn't tell him that. I didn't tell him that, but because I was kind, and I probably wouldn't say it. Maybe I would, depending on which day, but... I'm like, no, we're we not going to deny Jesus. I'm not comparing Jesus to Osiris, Horus, or any uh, figure in integrative studies history. No, Jesus stands alone. He stands alone. It 
And it is the work of the Spirit who does this in us. It's not that we just read so much and we know so much and we just internalize it so much and it's like, oh, I know this information. No, we submit to the truth of God. And sometimes it hurts. But he reminds us of truth. And it is ultimately the work of the Spirit that allows us to walk in faithfulness until we see him and are like him. Remember, we are not yet what we will be, but we will be like him when we see him. And the truth can testify to that. I don't care if you're in the American church. I don't care if you're in politics. I don't care if you're a social justice warrior. And I don't care if you believe that family is the greatest expression of Christian love in American human history. If you don't have truth as discerned by the Holy Spirit, everything else is false. If we formulate positions based solely on experience, that can be substantiated or denied or measured or, or, or timed out in human history. And it's not from the truth of Scripture submitted by the Holy Spirit. It's heretical and it will lead to a heretical lifestyle. And I charge us, like sometimes we can find something to be so fun and cool and, and like, yeah, that's got tidbits of truth. And, and even people in society who, who do good things, you know, whether it be athletes, entertainers, or whatever it may be, and we can see hints of the Imago Dei played out through great donations of building schools, of teaching people, of standing up for the hurts. And it looks like it's do justice, love, mercy based in Amos. And it looks like it's taking the widow's cause. And it looks like it's loving your brother and your neighbor, but it's really self-serving. But it's really self-serving. And it's not truth. And the Spirit has to help us discern that. And I didn't really, you know, do too much in the local church, I guess, in the, in the, in the big church, in the, you know, church, I guess, abroad in, in America. But when we turn on TV and we hear someone preach, if we love them, we still got to be discerning. We still got to be discerning. I remember growing up um, in Chicago, and there are a lot of times where uh, before I got saved and I would turn on the TV on Sunday and you can probably hear about 15 messages if you just sit on a certain channel on Sunday. And the tricky, and, and, and the tricky part is for those who are in the world and, and they don't know God through Jesus by means of the Spirit, if you hear something that sounds about right, man, if it tickles, if, if it tickles the heart just right, if it tickles the ears just right, hook, line, and sinker. And there's nobody there to be like, hey, let's put this up against Scripture. Hey, let's allow the Spirit to speak to this. Hey, let's get in community and see how this works and plays itself out in the Christian life. Whether it be blessings, whether it be eternal life, whether it be whatever concepts of God that, that people are hearing at home, even now, right? Like it's COVID and I'm pretty sure there's a lot of TV ministries that are maybe thriving. I don't know. I hope New Breed only thrives if we preach in the truth, right? But man, how many millions of Americans are sitting at home right now, historically, who just want to say, you know what? I can get the word on TV and I'm good. Or I've been watching this ministry for years and I'm good. And we can't discern truth because we aren't submitting to the spirit, but we're submitting to our own experience and what we think may be right. There's going to be difficult texts in the Bible, yes. There's going to be difficult doctrines, 
Yes. <laughs> and there's going to be difficult circumstances. Yes. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. I don't think any one of our pastors would say, hey, for every you know, circumstance in human history, we have an answer for that. No, we don't, but we know him who has the answer and created it. And is the sustainer of life. But we beg God for discernment. We, we can beg God for discernment. I'm almost certain David did that. <laughs> we can beg God for discernment. I'm almost certain that Jesus in the garden was like, yo, I'm going to the Father. Help me. Father, this, you have called me to do this, and it is difficult. I'm sweating blood out here. It's difficult. But Lord, it, it, ah, man. We beg God for discernment for what is true and what is false. I'm sorry if I'm not looking at y'all at home. <laughs> There's a such thing of a lack of discernment. You see that in Hosea 14.9. Hosea 14.9. Whoever is wise, let him understand these things. Whoever is discerning, let him know them. For the ways of the Lord are right, and the upright walk in them. But transgressors stumble in them. Lack of discernment can lead us astray. Lack of discernment can lead us astray. If we find ourselves stumbling, not like fighting and, and seeing fruit and victory and, and, and pursuing God, but if we just find ourselves stumbling over something time and time again and not seeing victory, then maybe we got to do some more discernment on what it is that we believe about that subject in light of what God says about that. Whether it's relationship, how we view relationships, whether it's how we find a church, whether it's how we come across our doctrine, whether it's how we pursue money, our jobs, family, food, I don't know. For the ways of the Lord are right. So when we decide to, to think through truth, we start with the Lord. For the ways of the Lord are right. Let us be discerning that we would know them. And not only know them, but, but notice in this, like, the ways of the Lord are right. We can be discerning that we would know them and the upright walk in them. So this is something we can put feet to, right? So, you know, it's not just, let me just know truth and be able to discern it from afar. Oh, I see that. Yep, I'm not really familiar with that doctrine. No, no, that's not, that's not helpful. Yes, we're supposed to be able to discern truth and error, but yes, there's feet to that. There's feet to that. I like what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 11. He's kind of being uh, facetious or tongue-in-cheek, I guess. But 2 Corinthians 11, Paul says, I wish you would put up with a little foolishness from me. Yes, do put up with me, for I am jealous for you with the godly jealousy, because I promise you in marriage to be one husband, to present pure virgin, to present a pure virgin to Christ, to the church in Corinth. But I fear that as a serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your minds may be seduced from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. For if a person comes and preaches another Jesus, whom we did not preach, or you receive a different spirit, whom you not, whom which you had not received, or a different gospel, which you had not accepted, you put up with it splendidly. Like somebody that's going to blow through here and all of that, you know, the, the discerning and the, and, and, and the work of preaching and teaching. Like the Corinthians, apparently, when Paul left, they were like, well, this sounds a little bit better. 
It tickled the ears. We got to be careful that that's not us too. We've gathered together for years, some of us, and some of us go out, we plant churches, and we go to other churches, and we move because of circumstances. But like, let me encourage you that when you leave us, hold on to biblical truth. Not that we got the market cornered on it, because we surely don't. But please, be discerning. Be discerning. Paul continues, Now I can consider myself in no way inferior to those super apostles. Even if I am untrained in public speaking, I am certainly not untrained in knowledge. I feel like that sometimes. <laughs> untrained in public speaking. Indeed, we have in every way made clear to you in everything. Or did you commit a sin by humbling yourself so that you might be exalted? Because I preach the gospel of God to you free of charge. I robbed other churches by taking pay from them to minister to you. When I was present with you and in need, I did not burden anyone, since the brothers who came from Macedonia supplied my needs. I've kept myself and will keep myself from burdening you in any way. As the truth of Christ is in me, this boasting of mine will not be stopped. In the regions of Achaia. Why? Because I don't love you. God knows I do. Now this is Paul kind of having a moment with the Corinthian church and they're off into other doctrines. They're off into false teaching. They're off into false prophecy. And he's like, yo, lies. Let the spirit and the word attest to what I did. Verse 12, but I will continue. Verse 12, but I will continue to do what I'm doing in order to deny an opportunity to those who want to be regarded as equals or in what they boast about. For such people are false prophets, deceitful workers. These are the people that, that he's discussing. He was kind of, kind, of, kind of talking about. For such people are false prophets, deceitful workers, disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. So it is no great surprise if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. Their end will be according to their works. And so we got to be very careful. Satan can disguise himself as light. We know that because our great-great-grandfather and grandmother, Adam and Eve, thought it was a good thing to disobey God. Case in point. No. But things can look good, y'all. Especially the young people. I love y'all so much. I was there. Things can look good in high school, in college. It can, you, you can step onto a campus, and you can hear somebody say, God, but don't go with it. Be discerning. Listen some more. See how they view creation. See how they view sin. See how they view Jesus. See how they view the Old Testament. See how they view the New Testament. See how they view the church. See how they view the second coming. See how they view relationships. Test it out, y'all. Test it out. You ain't got to, like, drill them, but test it out. See what they do in their private time. See where their money goes. See what they do on campus when nobody else is paying attention. See how they respond in class. See what type of dating relationships they have. See what type of goals they have. Test it out, kids, young people, young adults. Test it out. We got to do the same thing as adults, right? Like, we got to do the same thing as adults. Test it out. Don't just take, oh, test it out. Test it out. Because Satan can disguise himself as light. And sometimes you'll see this in full commitment. Just someone just saying, you know what? 
I'm just going to go all out into, into spreading lies and false doctrine and false teaching and error and erroneous thought. 1 Timothy 4, verse 1. Now the Spirit expressly says that in later times some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves, devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teaching of demons. Some will leave and they will be devoted, like committed, like I'm called to do this, not me. But like some will be gung-ho, not like I'm not sure, but it sounds good. But no, this is what I'm accepting, I'm believing, and I'm spreading even. And it's going to be sad. You might have family members who are like, man, what happened? Like, ah. But we, we ask the Lord for discernment. And if you're struggling right now with a doctrine, with a belief, with anything, like ask the Lord for discernment. We discern false teaching and false prophets. My second observation. My first observation is we discern false teaching and false prophets. Second observation, as Pastor Michael says, we proclaim truth and are protected from lies by means of the Spirit. Verse 2 and 3. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. That does not confess Jesus is not from God. Let me read that again. By this you know that the Spirit of God, you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and now is in the world already. So John is dealing with those who deny Jesus, essentially. Um, and like I said before, you will hear people who may even confess Jesus, but, but as we talked about in 1 John 1 and 2 and 3, you're going to see what they mean if they, really, if they truly confess Jesus. It's not just going to be I believe Jesus is Lord. No, it's going to be how you engage truth. It's going to be how you engage the personal work of Jesus. It's going to be how you engage your brethren and your sisters. It's going to be how you engage sin. Like, it's going to be able to be seen at some point. Truth isn't just an idea or a worldview, right? Or a mission statement or a paradigm or a feel-good thing to fall on. Truth is in a person named Jesus. I love how John opens up in 1 John 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life. The, the life was made manifest and we have seen it and testified to it and proclaimed to you the eternal life which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim to you, so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. 1 John chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. If a person professes Christ, then they're going to agree with this. 
that Jesus was real. He came. His apostles saw him. His disciples were discipled by him. The crowd saw him. People saw him. And I love how we say that our joy may be complete. <laughs> There's joy in that, in that person of truth that we have in Jesus, right? It's not a dread. Oh, I believe in Jesus, and this is the truth that I got. Oh, woe is me. No, I'm happy I believe in Jesus because I don't want the alternative. It may look good now, but it leads to death and destruction. There's joy in that, young people. There's joy in believing in Jesus in a high school of 3,000 people or in a college of 50,000 people. There's joy in believing in Jesus. I know you're like, why are you saying that right now? When you get to that place where you're standing in an auditorium or a room or a setting, and you feel like none of these people believe Jesus, and if I start opening my mouth about what I believe about Jesus, they're going to look at me like I'm crazy. Yes, they will, but no, you are not. Think of it this way. Think of it this way. The same people that welcome our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who we profess, the same people that said, hey, come on in. It's Sunday. Palm Sunday. We got the branches. We got the donkey. You know, we love this guy. They put this man on a wooden cross a week later. It's going to sound crazy, but it's true, and it's hopeful, and it is the living hope you got. We have confidence in the object of truth, Jesus, because he sustains us by means of the Spirit. Let's look at when uh, Jesus is speaking to his disciples in John 14, verses 15 through 18. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. We kind of talked about that earlier in John. John is uh, he's a very smart guy, the apostle led by the Spirit, and so he kind of has different themes going, but keeping commands is one. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, that's the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, to be with you for a little bit, forever, forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. So they're not going to know the triune God of the universe you might be talking about at first, but stick with it. And I love this part. Oh, man, this just hit me. This might have been why I was crying this morning, y'all. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. I won't leave you as orphans. And so the picture there I got is like, hold on. What? These are grown men. These are grown men. Some of these people have kids already. They got families. They got mother-in-laws. They got kids. They got relatives like these are grown commercial fishermen tax accountants and doctors like they grown i won't leave you as orphans because when you are in this world you're a child of god and your daddy's coming back he's not gonna leave you astray in a residential facility he's not gonna leave you astray sitting on the curb he's not gonna leave you astray with emotional abandonment with physical abandonment or with abuse the world gives that stuff. We got hope. He won't leave us as orphans. He's coming back, and we're going to recognize him, and he's going to recognize us, and we're going to play some trumpet. Well, they're going to be playing trumpets, but it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be beautiful. 
But the world won't recognize that. They don't recognize that now. I want to have us look at the day of Pentecost for a moment, when Jesus leaves the Holy Spirit. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly they came from heaven, a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. We have the Holy Spirit. He left it. Jesus left it for us. And he doesn't leave us as orphans, as fatherless, because he's a father to the fatherless. So if you don't know your father this morning, as I've never met my father, I'm going to say that the Lord has not left me as an orphan. And so I can see truth, I can proclaim truth, and I can discern what is erroneous thinking and false in prophecy and false in teaching because my father left me not as an orphan, but as a child of God. And so when we preach Christ, it's important that we give the world the full picture of who he is. Now, they may not receive him, as I'll get to later, but man, and that full picture is a reminder for us even. You ever share the gospel with somebody, and you get to the end, or you get or some part along the way, it just hits you, and you're like, oh, wow, that is true. Man, that it feels so good. Okay, let me get back to this conversation. Man, like, that's okay. You might even cry in front of them like I do you. Like, Why are you crying? Because I got hope. <laughs> like, what? That don't make sense. I know. I'm his kid. Yeah. Like, man, talk about the birth, the life, the death, the burial, resurrection, the ascension. We can confess Jesus. We confess Jesus. And then there will be those who do not confess Jesus. And they might take parts of Jesus like, yes, he was a great prophet. Yes, I heard of that, uh, that man of Nazareth. It's, it's, it's tough, y'all. I've spoken on this before, but um, when you're sitting in a, in a, in a, in a setting where you, know, you, you devoted you know, your heart to Jesus and, and to the church and to his people and to his word, and you might not always have a, a good comeback for a question, um, I remember when I was in, in class and they were looking at the book of Matthew and the teacher would ask rhetorical questions or sometimes not rhetorical and it would be disturbing some of my classmates in Matthew. Heck, it disturbed me a little bit. But I went to my mentor, I went to Curtis, say, hey Curtis, help me think through this. We can do that. As we profess Christ, as we proclaim Christ and the world don't know him, we can gather together and say, hey, brother, I'm struggling with this truth. Help me. Not like I don't believe it, but help me. Help me just see the beauty in it, man. And we say, look, let's go to the word. Let's pray. Yeah, that's going to be a real thing. If a brother or sister is struggling with being able to discern, we point them to the word. We pray with them. We remind them that they're not an orphan. God didn't leave us as orphans. But that Christ left us the Holy Spirit. So we can't be surprised when we go out and we're mocked and we're considered irrelevant or ridiculed or um, just simply made fun of. You know, I don't know if um, you guys ever think through like just what's happening in, in the world, but it's like sometimes you say, man, if I really 
live out what I believe. This could come off really different than what I'm being told right now or what, I'm, or what the world is leaning towards right now. But we can take confidence as God's children as we listen to God for his words and we submit to the Spirit that he won't leave us as orphans. And I keep saying that because the world is not going to know him and it's going to be times when we might want to conform to a thought, to a simple action even. Ah, uh, I can do this, but it's not really that much different. You know, I mean, you know, play the, you know, the gymnastics in our head sometimes. That's tough too, but, but at the end of the day, we have truth and we can proclaim that truth. We can proclaim that truth. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist. I'm in, I'm in verse 3. Which you have heard is coming and is now in the world already. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I think the Antichrist is a singular person or president. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. But um, I think it is, as, as the text says, um, a spirit that influences people to spread false doctrines and false truth. False doctrines and false truth. So we discern false teachings and false prophets. We proclaim the truth and are protected from lies by means of the Spirit. And my third observation from the text this morning is the world won't know him, so we preach him. The world won't know him, Jesus, so we preach him. Little children, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are from the world. Therefore, they speak from the world. And the world listens to them. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. And so as we think through the Christian life, as we think through discerning truth and error, as we think through uh, proclaiming Christ, as we think through sharing the gospel with those who don't know him. And I think this may be a good point to stop and say that there may be a time when we are sharing the gospel in utter fear. There may be a time when we are sharing the gospel um, at the demise of a potential relationship with a friend or a family member or a job or any situation. But remember, we're not orphans. I keep going back to that. Like our Father loves us and He knows us. And the world, they aren't His kids, right? And so they're not going to recognize this. But that doesn't mean that we don't go out and share the gospel because we want our family to increase, you know, quite frankly. We want people to know Jesus. We want people to come to know the truth. Do you ever come across a situation and you're like, man, uh, friend, you know, uh, brother, sister, as we might even call them, honestly, like, man, I think your truth is a little off in this situation. Not that you got to be a scholar, but man, I think what, what's happening in your life may be a reflection of what you believe or don't believe about God. And I think that's something for all of us to examine. So we share the gospel. God, in his infinite wisdom, in his perfection, by himself, the triune God of the universe, the Father, Son, and the Spirit had a, uh, what do you call it, a perfect romance, a divine dance going, and they invited us in through creation. 
And they made man in their image, Adam and Eve. But, as the Bible says, they decided to take matters into their own hand. They said, you know what? When, when, that, when that Satan came and said, hey, did God really say that? They didn't discern. They were just like, well, if we eat from this tree, I guess we can be like God. They didn't discern that. And so they ate the fruit and forever, apart from the work of Christ, that we were separated from God and deserved death. We deserve death. And as Romans 3 says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And Romans 6 says, for the wages of sin of death. But if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. And it goes beyond that. Remember, it's the discerning of the truth that God has in place in our heart with the gospel leads us to love our brothers and sisters, to be transformed by the renewing of our mind from the inside out, our hearts. And we wait with anticipation, right? So it's not just that I'm saved and so I'm just going to hang out and just wait for the Lord to come back and maybe have this wonderful life, you know. No, no, we wait with anticipation that looks like going out and proclaiming the truth, fighting sin, gathering with one another, sharing the gospel, living lives that are set apart, that are worthy of the calling to which we've been called. The spirit of truth resides in us. The spirit of truth is the Holy Spirit allowing us, reminding us to know that we are not orphans. I'm going to go back to that. We are orphans. And our truth and our hope is in a person of Jesus Christ who will one day return and bring this world to its appropriate end. 